Hey, Hawkeye fans, Chad Lysico of the Des Moines Register, along with Dargan Southern of the Des Moines Register. We uh, are, you know, we could have done a podcast at like two in the morning, but we figured it'd be better to do a live one like when you guys are awake back home. Um, we uh, obviously we're out in Seattle getting ready to leave, head back. Well, Dargan's actually going to head to Dallas uh, directly, thanks to Iowa's 97 to 83 win against Louisville. Uh, I'll be going back to Iowa, then right back to Dallas on Wednesday. So um, we're turning and burning Dargan, but uh, we we obviously have a ton to talk about. Um, I'll throw it to you. Where do you want to begin out of last night's win? I mean, I think you got to start with number 22. Um, you know, it's it's pretty incredible to think about all the pressure that was mounting on this moment, you know, obviously for the whole program, but for her specifically, you know, this is Iowa's first chance to get to the final four in 30 years. It might be its best chance ever to get to the final four. You you can't really deny that. And, and Caitlin said as much after the fact that, you know, we knew what happened around us. We knew the upsets happened and, you know, they had to take um, advantage of this. And not only did she show up, but she delivered, I think pretty easily the best game of her career, um, a 41 point triple double had uh, an answer for everything that Louisville threw at her, um, you know, both from a team perspective and individually. Um, and she was just really a stabilizing force out there the whole night. You know, Iowa uh, <laughs> gets down eight to nothing to start the game, and you think, okay, maybe this thing is is too much for them. Um, and then Kaylin comes right back, scores seven points in 35 seconds or so, 15-point first quarter, um, and then, you know, it was pretty much money, money from there. So, um, you know, it's pretty incredible to not just see somebody handle all that, that has come her way, but do it so emphatically and do it so gracefully. Um, you know, it's, it's clear that she has that superstar gene. She has that ability to handle, you know, anything that comes onto her plate. And, you know, she talked extensively about how, you know, when she first got to Iowa and started talking about the Final Four, there weren't many people who believed her. You know, really, it was just Lisa Bluter, and, you know, eventually the team was on board, and, and it was rolling from there. But um, it, it was a pretty special moment for for Caitlin, I feel like, you know, just all that she's invested in these in this program for this these three seasons um, to, to come out of last year's disappointment and, and answer the way that she did uh, was was pretty incredible to watch. Yeah, let's start there with uh, the Final Four dream that she had. Uh, that's some that was a topic that came up um, throughout the everyone's interviews last night, um, and and yeah, it really just started with those two. I mean, that's where uh, you know Lisa Bluter told her. I mean, Caitlin was like, "I want to go to the Final Four, and Lisa said, "We can do it together." Uh, same with Jan Jensen as well. But uh, something that that Bluter said was, you know, it was the the COVID bubble year at the NCAA tournament when they made the Sweet 16 run as when she was a true freshman they went to the Big Ten title game as a sixth seed in the Big Ten I mean she was finding her way as a leader and finding her way and she talked about how you know she's grown mentally and you know keeping her composure over three I mean all this has been growth right and Monica Sinano had a had an amazing quote last night she was like you know my true freshman year we got to the Elite Eight and I like you know, I knew Iowa was a good program, but I honestly felt like that was the best it would ever get for me here. And then Caitlin came along 
and uh, you know got everyone to believe. And I was like, how how does she do that? How does she like you know get you guys to all believe? And it's just like you just watch her look like it's in her eyes, and like because of what how she operates, it forces everyone else to believe because nobody else has a choice because she's that intense into it and they follow her and she as you said dargan but the way she handles it is is pretty incredible um you know going back to monica again she's just like she's my best friend but she's also a celebrity like and and it's hard to process that but she really is i mean and and how she handles herself um with the media with the public the you know is is truly unbelievable um and a testament to um just i mean she's got she's got everything you need to be a superstar and now all of a sudden she's on the biggest stage and i i have to imagine you know you know the whole country is talking about what's what's happening right now with caitlin clark yeah and you you think about it you know this isn't a program that you know is like a Yukon that has this opportunity every season or, you know, every other season, you know, it's, it's, it seems fair to say that, you know, obviously Caitlin has at least one or, or, you know, maybe two more years, but I think it's fair to say that it, you know, when you look at the end of her career, this was going to be the best chance to get this done. Um, and it might've been the only chance, you know, really depending on what happens um, down the road. But again, you know, her ability to, to bring her teammates along. You know, I, I got a story that's, I think, just published on Hawk Central kind of talking about that, you know, getting to sit courtside um, at the tournament, you kind of get to see the players in-game interactions a little bit more. Um, and, you know, whether it's kind of saying something to Hannah Stolke right before her free throws in the, you know, the final minutes, saying something to Gabby Marshall after she had three, threes rim out, you know, hey, saying, hey, you know, we're good, you're good. You know, it's all those little things that really make a difference in March. And, you know, it was interesting to hear Caitlin talk about that last night. You know, she said, really, the only difference between last year and this year with me is that mental toughness and that ability to lead and that ability to, you know, respond to adversity. Because, you know, as she pointed out, a lot of her stats are are pretty similar to what she put up last year. You know, a lot of this season has pretty much been similar to last year, but obviously the ending is, is vastly different. Um, and that can sometimes be the hardest time to make a step. You know, when you, when you have that, you know, when you have the success start to roll and you're, you're that close to getting to that elite level. Um, but there seems to be something missing as there was, you know, last year, that can be the hardest gap to close. And Iowa's, you know, been able to do that. Um, you know, I don't think it, I think it needs to be, you know, mentioned again that, you know, this is the Big Ten's first original member in the Final Four since 2005. And for Iowa to be the one to do that and for Caitlin Clark to be the one to do that really makes it extra special because that just kind of, you know, cements the the early bricks in her legacy, which, you know, whenever it finishes, what with whatever numbers it's going to finish with, they're going to be absurd. They're going to be ridiculous. Um, and I think she's she's on her way to becoming one of the best, you know, being remembered as one of the best women's basketball players ever. I think it's more than fair to say that at this point. Um, and, you know, knowing Caitlin, she's going to do, you know, even more to add to that, you know, in in the uh, in the rest of her career. Yeah. And, and now 
um, you know, no matter what happens the rest of her career. Now we, you know, she's uh, what 18 points away from setting the big 10 record for scoring in a season. I mean, which was an unbreakable record. We thought with Megan Gustafson, 1,001 points in 2000. I mean, remember that season? I mean, Megan Gustafson scored like every, every time down the court um, and they played a million games and uh, Caitlin was within an 18 point game against South Carolina from, from breaking that mark. I believe she would become just the fifth player in D one history to, to have a thousand point season. I mean, Megan was, Megan was the fourth at the time, I remember. But um, you're right. It's it. You, you don't know if you're going to ever get this chance. I mean, it's it's so hard to do, and you know, uh, you know, that's something that that she and I talked about and when I did that story in May. I know I referenced that a lot, but that was not that long after the Creighton loss, and she was just like, you know, you just you got to get a few breaks in the tournament. Like that's just how it is in the NCAA tournament. She understood that. And Iowa did get breaks this year. She said, you know, it's, they got there three things, you know, the bracket kind of fell their way. Obviously they didn't have to face a a seed any higher than five uh, to get to the final four. Now Louisville was a good team. I thought Colorado was a good team. I thought Georgia was a good team. I mean, these were tough games, but that uh, she's, you know, shots have to fall. I mean, good grief. You know, if Iowa was cold last, you know, had one of those, you know, Iowa men's type uh, road three-point shooting performances, you know, they're not winning that game. But they hit 16 threes last night, 16 of 35. McKenna Warnock was raining a man. And it was funny. I was talking to her. I'm all over the map here, I know. But, you know, she, I was like, yeah, you were, you were on fire tonight from deep. And she's like, yeah, but I airballed my first three. And I was like, oh, yeah, right. <laughs> but they, you know, they keep shooting and, and Caitlin keeps finding them. And, and same with Gabby, like you mentioned, Dargan. Yeah, we, that was one of the things we saw on the court right in front of us. You know, she's she's picking up Gabby. You're fine. You're fine. You're fine. And and all this stuff uh, adds to her legacy. Uh, and, it, you know, this was the 90th time. Let's talk about the whole team for a sec. 90th time this group has started uh, a game together, the, you know, the, the big five, uh, if you will, of Clark, Marshall, Martin, Warnock, and Sonano, and you know, they get to the final four together. Um, I don't know. It's just you're happy for them just because they're they're good people, first and foremost. Uh, but just knowing, uh, you know, what where they came from last year, what happened to last year in last year's NCAA tournament, um, it's super, super special. And last thing, how about the crowd, man? I mean, 11,000 plus. I mean, I bet I'm going to guess eight to 9,000 of them are – Hawkeye backers and you know I just went to breakfast in the lobby real quick and there's Hawkeye fans down there already talking about getting to Dallas I'm really interested to see what happens down there in terms of Hawkeye turnout yeah I think there's going to be a ton of Iowa fans in Dallas you know obviously that's um, you know there's direct flights from Cedar Rapids to Dallas and Des Moines to Dallas and you know Caitlin was kind of saying that last night you know wherever you have to come from make it happen because you know, this is this is an experience that, you know, Iowa may never get again or or it may take another 30 years to get back to the final four. You never know. And so, um, you know, I think all that kind of gets put in perspective, too, when you look through the lens of Lisa Bluter's career. You know, somebody who, you know, has been at this, has been, you know, near the top of of her profession for a while. Yet, you know, this wasn't an opportunity that she really had ever, you know, legitimately had a shot to to get so you know i think that just 
further illustrates how hard it is to get to this point. You have a coach who has, you know, over 700 wins, has been at this for multiple decades, um, and has had a lot of success. And, you know, it's still it's still a moment that hadn't been reached until now. And so, you know, I think when you when you pair uh, Lisa Bluter's success and her legacy with what Caitlin's doing, um, you know, it, it really is special to see because um, it's hard to envision something like this, you know, coming along again where you have this transcendent player who, you know, takes over the sport and brings Iowa along with it, you know. And so, um, you know, it was pretty incredible to kind of see everybody react through that lens. You know, this team is obviously going to be remembered for forever in Iowa women's basketball history and Iowa athletics history as well. And so, um, you know, you again, you, you talked about the starting five and, and what they've meant. Um, if there was one good thing from COVID, maybe it was that because Monica Sinano, you know, wouldn't be on this team if if she hadn't gotten that fifth year to come back. And so, you know, it felt like every moment that they've been through was kind of building to this, you know, like you said, going through, uh, you know, the COVID season, kind of getting everybody's feet on the right track, um, making a run to the Sweet 16, which that year was a big deal, dealing with the pain of last year, weaving in the Big Ten tournament titles that, you know, really kind of had everybody, you know, on that edge, ready to, to take the next step. You know, it, it's not something that happens, you know, when, when you when you have a season like this that ends or, you know, they, that reaches this point, it's easy to kind of look at, oh, what happened in this season to get us there. But really with this group, it's what's happened over the last few seasons um, to where, you know, they get to this point and they're not overwhelmed by the moment. They're not, you know, e even though none of them had played in a game to go to the Final Four, you know, it, it wasn't something that was – you know, like this big outrageous thing, you know, it was just, you know, the next game and, and you're doing it with people that you've been around for a long time and there's a lot of confidence there. And, you know, I think it, it really showed last night, um, you know, anytime Louisville even thought about making a push, somebody from Iowa had an, an instant answer and, you know, that kept the, the crowd into it and never really, never really let Louisville have any shot at, at taking the game. And so, um, Again, you know, it's just a big moment for everybody involved. And um, when you think about all the effort that, that goes into it, I'm sure that makes it that much special for, for everybody involved. You brought up Lisa Bluter. Uh, let me touch on two points here, Dargan. Uh, first of all, yeah, Bluter, I, I feel like it's a ton of, should get a ton of credit. Uh, even just look at these last two games, halftime adjustments. You know, Frida Foreman was tearing them up in the first half uh, against Colorado, Iowa. Uh Puts Gabby Marshall on her in the second half, um, by and large, and she scored two points. She scored the first basket for Colorado in the second half. Didn't score again the rest of the game. Uh, finished with twenty-one, uh, and then last night, you know, I thought Iowa did a really good job on Haley uh, Van Lith. Uh, you know, she she ends up getting hers. She had twenty-seven points, but was a minus fourteen, uh, three of nine from three, and then uh, you know. Uh, Chrislyn Carr hit three of three from three early. I mean, Louisville was hanging around. They were six and nine in the first half from three. Uh, they go two of 13 in the second half from three. And that's uh, another adjustment that Iowa made. Uh, basically, they put Gabby on, on Chrislyn Carr and, and just told her, you know, you're, she's not going <laughs> to she's not going to beat us anymore. Um, and, and that worked really well. So credit to Lisa Bluter. And then I just want to make one more Caitlin Clark point or 
we could we could keep talking for an hour about her, but you just think about the big games that we've seen over the last what what has it been three weeks? I mean, after that loss at Maryland, the big road loss at Maryland, they come home to face Indiana, and I mean. Could, could she have possibly delivered in any more magical way? I mean, one second left, off balance three uh, to win it against the number two team in the country. And then again, the Ohio State performance in the Big Ten tournament title game. I mean, uh, we were going over it last night, what, 30 points, 17 assists, and like a, a historic blowout. I mean, where they're up like 35 points in the first half. And um, she's – and then she does it again in the in the absolute biggest stage, the biggest moment when all the spotlight is on her. Um, you know, she has again another <laughs> historic performance. I mean, her stat line is so crazy uh, to even talk about. Uh, you know, eleven of nineteen from the floor, eight of fourteen from three. It's not like she took like a billion shots. I mean, she took nineteen shots, as did Haley Van Lith. Um, you know, eleven for thirteen from the line, twelve rebounds, tw- uh, or twelve assists 10 rebounds and her assists were like gorgeous assists i mean they were like tough assists also had three steals uh did have nine turnovers but you know that comes with the territory when you're pushing the envelope like her so um i just continue to be amazed at what she's doing and let's just talk real quick about the potential matchup against south carolina dargan i mean um I assume it's going to be South Carolina. Obviously, if it's not, you get a fourth meeting with Maryland. And I don't know, honestly, you know, I think that might be a tough matchup for Iowa, fourth time with Maryland, especially with, you know, Iowa had to play great to beat them last time. But let's say it's South Carolina. I mean, they're going to, if they win, they'll they'll have beaten, you know, they'll have won 42 in a row and they're just mowing down the competition this year. Like, does Iowa have a chance? I mean, what what percentage chance would you put that at? I would say maybe a 20% chance, 15% chance, somewhere in there. I mean, it's going to take a, a Herculean, another Herculean effort from Caitlin Clark. You know, I think it's going to take, you know, a stat line like last night, you know, where she's just in control of everything that I was doing and, and doing it at a level that is, you know, even elite by her standards. Um, you know, again, South Carolina is – plays quite differently than Iowa. You know, we saw, you know, there we were watching a little bit of their game against UCLA in the media room and you know, they're they're holding the Bruins to like 15 first half points. Um so it's going to be another, you know, a, as it often is when I was um you know, in the middle of things, it's going to be a style clash, it's going to be a a clash of of how teams like to play, but you know, I'm I I really think the the house money uh, attitude, maybe is not the right word, but house money situation that Iowa is in is going to play um, in their favor. Because again, look, you know, Caitlin Clark wasn't walking around saying, Hey, I want to win a national title at Iowa. She was saying, I want to get to the final four and she's done that. And so now, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's a little bit of relief among all of her emotions and so now that you've kind of cleared that hurdle, you can kind of just let it fly and see what happens in Dallas. Obviously, nobody's expecting Iowa to, to beat South Carolina and probably not really even keep it that close with South Carolina. So, um, you know, I, I would imagine that's all the motivation that that they need to 
come out there. And, you know, again, all the pressures on South Carolina, they're the undefeated team. They're the number one seed. They're the one that's expected to win the title. And, you know, sometimes that can work in, in you know, against the team that's, that's dealing with that. And so, you know, we, we've seen South Carolina kind of not slow, slow starts, but, but, you know, maybe takes a half or so to really pull away. So, you know, if Iowa can come out and jump on South Carolina and, and really, crank up that tense, nervous energy on their sideline. I think that's probably the recipe to, you know, being in the game in the fourth quarter. And then you kind of hope that Caitlin can, can do her thing and, and carry Iowa home. But um, yeah, I, I think everybody's going to be looking forward to that game just because, you know, you, you have the the superstars on both sides there that have been, you know, in paired in conversations for, it seems like several years now, um, so it's it feels fitting that they finally get to meet um, on such a big stage. But um, it'll be a tough matchup. But again, I think Iowa's mentality is probably in the right spot. They're going to go into this knowing that they did what they wanted to do this season. And now this is kind of like the reward a little bit. You get to go out there and have a chance to shock the world. And, um, you know, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, it's not like Iowa – you know, isn't good at dealing with pressure. I mean, they they have handled the pressure of being having the target on their backs all year long. Um, even going back to Big Ten media days, I remember having a conversation with Brenda Fries. Okay, so I I asked her, I was like, you know, what's Iowa going to be dealing with this year? They were defending Big Ten tournament and regular season champs, and pick number one. You know, number four in the country preseason. So uh, this was a different set of circumstances that they had never faced before. And she's like, it's so hard to stay on top once you're on top. And they're going to find that, that every single team's going to give them their best shot. And they have gotten everyone's best shot and they've, they've handled it really well. And now again, I feel like, I feel like if you're a Hawkeye fan, you should want South Carolina to win. Like I know you want to win a national title and the path would be easier if Maryland was the team, um, you know, but, but honestly, this story almost has to be written, I feel like, with South Carolina as the opponent. Win or lose. It's like you you got to the absolute like this is the program that has, is just dominating women's basketball right now. And you get that shot and you just sit, you give the ball to Caitlin Clark for 40 minutes and you just say, have the game of your life. Let's see what happens. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. I don't know what the record is for the most watched women's basketball game in the history of the world. But if it's those two teams, I suspect that it will become that. And I, honestly, I'd be shocked if it's not the most watched game in women's basketball history. Yeah, it's interesting that um, you, you talked about what Iowa had to deal with this whole season, you know, playing with the target on their back, playing with the expectation to do something great this year. Um, and, and they really haven't gotten to be the in that underdog role really at all this year. And so in a way, I kind of feel like that's getting back to Iowa's roots a little bit. You know, that's that's what the program vibe was, you know, when Caitlin Clark started, when they had to build, build it up first under Megan Gustafson. You know, they started in this kind of chip on their shoulder spot. Um, and to be back in that spot, you know, with without any pressure, um, it feels like Iowa – you know, again, South Carolina is really talented and that may make the difference in the outcome. And, and that might just be too much for Iowa to handle. Um, but it feels like all the elements that could come into play pregame 
in, in the buildup is going to be in Iowa's favor because they're there with nothing to lose. And it's rare that you get to the final four with nothing to lose because, you know, most of the teams that are there are trying to win a national title. Not that Iowa isn't, but, you know, it, I, I really think that this team can play free and easy. And we've seen how they've played free and easy with pressure on them. So with no pressure on them, you know, it feels like they they might even be, you know, in a, in a better spot to, to take care of business. But I agree with you in that I, I think that, you know, South Carolina on paper is probably more talented than Maryland, but a fourth matchup with Maryland, it felt like that Big Ten tournament matchup against Maryland was a, a culmination of the Iowa-Maryland dynamic this season. You know, you had blowouts in each of the home arenas. Um, you had a close, tense affair that, you know, in hindsight made a lot of difference in the bracket. Um, it, it felt like that was that was kind of the last chapter. And so, you know, if it if it is Maryland again, obviously that create that creates a totally different vibe um, for that game. Not just because Iowa, you know, on paper has a better chance, but because they know Maryland so well. So um, I don't know if that's you know that would that would kind of be a different analysis um, just with how I was where I was at going into that game. But um, I think if it's South Carolina, I think I you know like where Iowa head is at heading into to that game after you know several weeks of of intense high pressure basketball yeah uh two more things we gotta do three word headlines and we gotta talk jan jensen what do you want to do first you want to do three word let's do jan jensen let's go jan um let's go uh three word headlines first okay okay all right dargan weighs in i'm making a I'm making a call all right sounds all right. good <laughs> Uh, I got to find him now. Sorry. Uh, well, I know that, that some of them have been, you serious? I, I saw some of these, uh, you serious, Clark? <laughs> the Cousin Eddie uh, uh, Christmas vacation. Yeah. Uh, 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 an early start, an early start on a phrase we're almost certainly going to hear this week. Uh, Carver South, Texas style. I guess that's technically four words, but they made Carver South one word. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, well, we're we're gonna hear Carver South. Uh, we heard Carver West out here, Carver North in Minneapolis. Yeah. Carver South uh, seems seems inevitable. Yeah, um, my, another one here, uh, Bush Light needed. <laughs> uh, who's that from? That is from Morgs Twenty One. Oh, nice. Okay, uh, Mike Sheets says Caitlin keeps promise. Uh, absolutely. Uh, I like this one from Chad Carter. It says, fight for Iowa. You know, they're using the Hawkeye slogan there. Um, that's a good one. Um, Let's see. Storm Kevin to Dallas. I think there's there's going to be a lot, of, uh, a lot of Iowa fans in Dallas. Yeah, man, that'll be interesting to see. Uh, and a point I made to our editors, too, because I think we're doing a story on how to get tickets, so, so check that out soon. Um but two of the teams don't even know they're there yet. So that's another advantage for Iowa. I, Iowa can snap up these tickets. I assume that there's still tickets available. <clears throat> well, I really haven't looked into it, but if you haven't, I would get them <laughs> because I know a lot of Iowa fans are, are going to be trying to get them. Uh, but, yeah, that's a that's a really good point, Dargan. Um, Jeff Collins just says, why not Iowa? Uh, you know, this, this team says it's a team of destiny, Dargan, and, you know, they believe it. 
that was kind of the theme of my column is just the the amazing belief that they have that this is just meant to be and um that's pretty impressive last one from for, that i've got from hawkeye images uh who by the way is like a seattle veteran and gave us so many great dinner recommendations so thank you to dennis uh thank you for that hawkeye Images. wild ginger uh if you're in seattle <laughs> check out. It's good yeah that, yeah that was tremendous um says dallas ain't ready <laughs> yeah we'll see it's it's gonna be an iowa party you know i i'm i'm pretty confident in that you know you you look at who else is going to be there? Obviously, South Carolina's got a big, um, you know, they're they're there to win. Um, you got uh, UConn play or not UConn, Ohio State playing Virginia Tech. Um, that's going to be a team, you know, either one who wins that that isn't there a whole lot. Um, and then you got LSU as well. So um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I think I was going to dominate the the fan turnout. I, I feel pretty confident in that. Um, and so <laughs> I don't know why this one catches my eye, I guess, because it's simple. Really effing dominant. It's a, uh, a, good, uh, a good way to encapsulate everything that unfolded last night. Yeah, absolutely. What a day, man. Uh, you know, I woke up yesterday to a text from, from Jan, <coughs> Jan Jensen's spouse, uh, Julie, who, um, who let me know that, that Dale Jensen passed away. Sunday morning in uh, her hometown of Kimbleton, Jan's hometown of Kimbleton, Iowa, in hospice care. Uh, hopefully, you guys have gotten a chance to read uh, that piece that posted last week. Uh, it was just so you all know, it was it was something that Jan was really reluctant to talk about publicly. She hadn't really talked about her father's fading health that much outside of her close circle. And she didn't want the attention to be on her this week. Um, but ultimately, um, you know, she was she was cool with me doing it. And I wasn't pushing hard or anything. It was just more like, hey, let's, you know, this would be a tribute to your dad. Um, it ultimately ended up being kind of a tribute to Jan and the person that she is, uh, the way I wrote it. And I'm sure she hates that. But... <laughs> But the call comes in Sunday morning that, that Dale had passed, and um, I happened to run into her the night before, and she she said that his his health was going downhill pretty quick, and her mind was kind of racing a little bit about could she get back to see him one more time between this and Dallas if Iowa made it, and it's almost like. He, you know, he let go and let her do do her thing. Um, pretty emotional. Um, check out the video at Hawk Central. I mean, her quote is just outstanding. She's like, you know, I, I think he knew he won't, he wanted to hang on to see the the season finish, but in her mind. I think he knew that Iowa was going to win and make it to the Final Four, and he knew he couldn't make it that long. So as Jan said, you know, he just wanted to get a little bit better seat. Yeah, I mean, it was that that kind of felt like another, you know, team of destiny element. You know, when when he passes the morning of the game, um, you know, again, Jan has handled it with more grace and more 
Um, you know, she's she's just to deal with that when you're going through because, I mean, you, you got to think we talk about Bluter, but obviously Jan's been right there with her, too, through all of this. So this is, you know, the biggest moment of her coaching career that spans several decades. And all of a sudden, you know, there's there's this element to deal with also. And so, um, you know, I know I couldn't have handled it as well as she had, given all the, the things that were in play. But, you know, I thought I thought the way that she summed it up last night um, with the quote that, that you said, um, was really great because again, you know, trying to get back to to Iowa when you're going to Dallas, I mean, that would have been very, very strenuous and you know, more on top of what's already going to be a hectic week for everybody down there. So um yeah, it was it's it's not an element that you want to write about, obviously, but um, you know, I thought Jan Jan dealt with everything. Um involved with that um, as well as I could have imagined anybody doing given the situation just because you know you're you're trying to experience all this joy but you know it's there's obviously an element of sadness to it as well so um, really really big credit to her for being able to to navigate all this and you know again it's it's not super surprising when you hear people talk about Jan Jensen you know her career in a way kind of embodies the selflessness that she shows because she could have been a head coach. I would imagine a number of different times throughout her career. And yet she's the one that, that stuck by Lisa stuck with Iowa has been, you know, as big of a factor in this whole thing as anybody. And so, you know, for her to, to have to, to go through that is, you know, unfortunate, but again, I thought she, she dealt with it um, as well as anybody could given the circumstances. Yeah, and uh, all, of course, all the players, you know, absolutely love her, and and you know, added that basically another log on the destiny fire, right? I mean, it just it just it had to happen. Uh, it did happen, and we are all headed to Dallas. Uh, maybe you guys all are too. We got to get moving actually because we've got a meeting, um, and then we got an Uber, and then we're heading heading to, to our spots. So how it rolls we, this time of year? You... Yeah. I feel. Uh, thank you to my my wife back home for uh, holding down the fort. I, you know. It's been crazy, a little bit unexpected, but um, it's been a lot of fun to cover Dargan with you, and I'm glad we've had a chance to do it together, and we're going to keep doing it this week. Stay tuned to Hawks Center. I mean, like, there's, like, a ton of coverage up right now. I mean, More I than you two, want. I had two columns. Kennington was writing from home. Dargan's got two pieces up. We've got six or seven videos from, from postgame, including Tua, Caitlin Clark, Jan Jensen, Gabby Marshall. I mean, you name it. Um it's all there for you, and we're going to hit it hard, I promise, this week. And it is awards week in Dallas, so there could be some more. Uh, I like I like Caitlin's chances. Yeah, I like Caitlin's chances, uh, especially after – I know the voting was already done, but if it was <laughs> – if they needed to move around any final votes, uh, I think I think we have a good idea who the National Player of the Year uh, deserves to be and probably will be. So I got to go. Chad Lestico, Dargan Southern, thank you all for joining us. We'll tech, uh, see you very, very soon. Thanks again.